Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on the 4th of July. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is. You get podcasts from. We appreciate you guys, our great listeners out there, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie. Be a little odd. Brupolo was in Fayette. Fayette. Fayette? Fayette. Is it Fayette or it's Fayette? Fayette? How can you be sure? I, I, it's my area of the state. I, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Fayette's between Port Gibson and Natchez. Well, there you go. There you go. Buddy of mine is down. I think he's in Natchez tonight. He's at an Alabama concert. I mean, how, that must be fantastic. If you're going to play in Texas, they got to have a fiddle in a band. There you go. Uh, wherever you are in our great state, or if you're in the state of Alabama, you can get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, place your order for delivery. It'll get shipped right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they've got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffeehouse. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find new and exciting maroon and white merchandise that you can't get just anywhere else because nobody else has the selection they have at College Corner. Two locations in the Jackson area to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco, Startville's best Mexican restaurant, Mexican fare with Mississippi Roots. Obviously closed on the 4th of July, but make it back for Taco Tuesday. Every day is Taco Tuesday though, at Humble Taco because the tacos are the, are the star of the menu. They've got homemade tortillas, fresh ingredients, southern classics, spun into Mexican favorites. Everything's done to order. It's just the best. Whatever kind of eaters you've got on the, on your family, picky eaters, keto, gluten, gluten-free, I guess I should say, vegan, vegetarian, doesn't matter. You can take them to Humble Taco and everybody's going to have a great time and a great meal. Looking for a great suggestion for lunch? Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know if they're open on the 4th. But on, on, on July 5th, though, maybe Firehouse Subs is the way you want to go. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. And place your order online. It'll be ready within moments. And then you get those reward points, those sweet, sweet reward points. Nothing more patriotic than free sandwiches, I've always said. Locations in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flow and Madison. That is Firehouse Subs. If there's one thing that Robbie Falk loves, I'm going to give you the things that Robbie Falk loves in this life. He loves his family. He loves his wife and child. He loves his country. Almost right there on the edge of that is he loves being right. Good, good. And I, you know what? Sometimes he's right. And when he's right, you got to tell him that he's right. You got to give him that credit. And Robbie, you were right. We're going to talk. Hold on. 
before I do anything else, I got to play the song. All right, we'll hit basketball a, a little later in the show. They got, a, I think, a, a nice pickup there. But baseball is obviously the, uh, the, thing, the thing to talk about. Uh, just a couple or maybe a week ago or so ago, I guess two weeks ago today now, uh, we did a pod talking about my lack of patience for baseball portal recruiting. I was wondering what's going on. I'm seeing other teams bringing guys in. State is in desperate need of guys. Where are they? Robbie Falk preached patience. You can tell he's the son of a preacher. He knows that patience is a virtue, of which I, I will tell you that God didn't bless me with a lot of. But he tried to call, talk me off the ledge. And I, I will say this for myself. I don't think I was on the ledge. I think it was more, look, if this you were, doesn't... You were, inching, you were inching closer to the I ledge. was looking out the window. I was thinking about, let me look out the window. What's, what's going on out there? <laughs> How far is that drop there? I, could, I, could I survive the drop? I'm not sure. <laughs> But I don't want to survive the drop. Yeah. Uh, you know, my thought process was if, if the things don't start picking up, I'm going to, you know, it's, it's not going to be good. Things have started picking up. MSU picks up two or, or really three huge commitments last week. We talked about Armani Larry uh, last week, or I'm sorry, yeah, earlier last week. And now on Friday, uh, Aaron Nixon and Bill Knight make their uh, commitments to Mississippi State. Nixon, former All-American reliever at Texas. Robbie got some great inside info on that. We'll talk about that in just a minute. And the Bill Knight, a masher from Mercer, who, I mean, I, I'm going to take everything off the Mercer pipeline that they want to give us. If that wants to be like a feeder system to Mississippi State for baseball, it works every time thus far. Bill Knight, a big-time bat. These are two players State desperately needed. More players, hopefully, to come for the Bulldogs including one you think might be very close to sealing the deal. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, Robbie, I get to give you credit. You were right. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, I believe it was June 27th, and you can hear all of the thoughts from both of us during that was it period. Last, was it just last Monday that we did this? I guess you're right. Yeah, it was I, yeah. Yeah, it was a week I ago. Think that was, I think that was the podcast we did, the 27th. Yeah, so, yeah, a week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can go check that out and and just just if you're interested. Yeah, you're not getting but, dinner off of me for being right though, unlike I got I off of you. Well, if for the amount of times that you're wrong on things, like you would be, you would you'd have to take out a second mortgage. I have to cook and, at some point. I'd just be like, I'm cooking. I'm not. I'm not buying. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no way that you could make up for that. You know, what, what are we having? Mac and cheese. <laughs> we're, having, we're, having, we're having shells and cheese. Ramen noodles. Ooh, get that for supper. So. Um, Tell but, us about no, these guys, though. Uh, let's start with let's start with the big backs because I think that I understand state needs pitching, but I, I just feel like you got to have you got to have nine guys. You got to have that lineup out there. This is a big piece for Mississippi State because it feels like it settles their outfield. Yeah, no, I mean you have you have two legit transfer guys coming in that can play defense and they can hit, and not not only hit for power, but they can hit for average. Both of these guys had really good numbers. So, I mean, obviously, you have two spots locked down. I feel like with those two guys, then the third spot, likely Kellum Clark. Mm -hmm. So, your outfield's in pretty good shape right now. And it's probably in better shape than it was this past year. I mean, you think about it, you know, they, they had some guys rotating at a corner infield spot for, for a little bit early on the season. And the center field spot was never seen never by so. anybody. No, and, and that wasn't defensively. They, they had plenty of good defenders out there. It was – 
The fact they couldn't find anybody that could hit. Well, now you got two guys coming in that can really swing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, Bill Knight was fantastic this year. He was, he was the leader in the team in most everything mm-hmm. uh, for them this past year. 325 average. He had 74 hits, 16 doubles, 10 home runs, 50 RBI. Oh, actually, that was, that was last year. I'm sorry. Um, these these uh, Mississippi State's kind of falling in this too. Like these sites don't update the stats on they the regular page. Job, yeah, yeah. Um, you have to look at right. this year's stats. He improved. I was I was looking at the stats um, yesterday. He improved like dramatically just about every year. And last year he batted three thirty seven, uh, eighty two hits, which is a, a really good amount in fifty eight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, had nineteen doubles, seventeen home runs, sixty four RBI. Slugging 642, which is just wild. Didn't strike out a ton. I mean, this is a really good bat, but he can also play some defense back there. I mean, I, this is one of their best pickups of the class to this point. Yeah. I mean, when you look at State's batting order next year, and you think that probably two through five, you're looking at some combination of Colton Ledbetter, 16 home runs this year. Hunter Hines, what did he end up with? 18? Uh, 19, 18 or 19, 19, I think. Bill Knight, 17. Kellum Clark, 15. I mean, that's a ton of pop. That's a that, yeah. that's the kind of order that Mississippi State had in 2016. And we keep making these comparisons, and I'm not saying it's going to be the same thing, but last that 2016 order was so difficult, one through nine, to get through. They just yeah. had so many guys, and you're starting to build that here with Mississippi State bringing in these, these power bats that they, they brought, plus with what they bring back, plus – if you, you think that, you know, a guy like Aaron Downs or Slate Offer can take a step forward next year. so you, Well, I just don't think that State was that far off. I, I don't think that this team was, was a bad, bad uh, roster. You know, there, there oh. were some things that didn't go their way, but right. this roster was always good enough to be good. They, they were playing I mean, Their poorly. expectations preseason was really, were really high. Yeah. They were playing poorly when they had the two big injuries of Simmons and Sim, Simmons and Sims. But I, I, I just can't help but think that if you had had those two guys the rest of the way after you beat Ole Miss, that this, the season plays out a little differently for you. And, well, and you know, it, the, Auger as well. It's just the fact that, you know, you're constantly in the back of your mind saying, these guys are not going to be able to get outs. Right. You know, we're going to have to put it, up it some It affected the team mentally, no question about it. No and question. That's why the, you know, the, the, home run, the home run numbers were way up. I mean, this team almost broke the school record for home runs. But you're thinking you have to do too much at the plate. And we've talked about all that, so we don't have to mm-hmm. delve into that. But basically, my point is, you know, there, there was talent this past year. There's talent returning. There's just a few things that Mississippi State has to do to this roster to make this team uh, a competitor again. And one of the things is this, these, you know, filling these outfield positions and not only filling it with play, guys that can play defense, but guys that can hit. And that can be tough sometimes finding those kind of players. But they've got those guys. You got a middle infielder. I mean, you're just about set in the field. The other stuff, the, the pitching staff has got to be addressed, and state's got to make some major damage in the in the uh, portal. And uh, one of them, I'm sure, we'll talk about shortly. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, the other commitment, and that's Aaron Nixon. Great freshman season and when Texas uh, played in the College World Series against Mississippi State. He was he pitched against the Bulldogs. Was a freshman All American as their closer. Took a step back last season and, and, you know, had a sophomore slump. There's no question. So this is this isn't like Nate Dom where you're just it's all potential, right? You've seen production from this guy, but you are hoping that Scott Foxhall can get him right. 
You talk to some people over at Texas, and you talk about it on, on 24-7. Give us a little insight as to what, you, what you, you were able to glean from that. Yeah, so Nixon in year one at Texas was, was incredible. Um, you know, he, he was one of those guys that, you know, faced Mississippi State in the College World Series, and State couldn't really figure him out of the bullpen. That bullpen and that pitching staff was one of the best in the country last year. And things kind of went down a, a different uh, way during the season for Nixon, and not not just Nixon, the whole pitching staff. They they weren't really the same, but you know, two point one two run on average last year as a true freshman. Um, I think he walked uh, ten guys all season long, mm-hmm. and was a guy that they were relying on out of the bullpen. He's been in big time moments for them, gotten some big outs. You've seen him go out there and do it. And this year just wasn't there. He, he couldn't find the strike zone. Uh, we mentioned he had uh, 10 walks all year. I think he had 25 this year mm-hmm. and just couldn't find the strike zone. Earner and average was up 5.04 last year. And from what I was told by a Texas source, the, there was a lot of like tension around the pitching staff and them not like living up to expectations and kind of slipping a little bit. And he was kind of the guy that was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back with Sean Allen, the pitching coach. Um, what I was told was, you know, the inability to get him back to where he was as a freshman, where he was pounding the strike zone, he was uh, coming up in big moments. The inability to kind of correct that and make some, you know, adjustments with his whatever his delivery was or whatever was kind of the end of the road for Sean Allen. And my Texas sources believe that Nixon – you know, is is fully capable of coming in there next year and being a really good pitcher. But it, it, it kind of comes down to he, he probably needs a change of scenery. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully you get a guy that is more akin to his freshman year that you can come in there and be may, maybe not a Landon Sims, but a guy that you that is your, your bona fide closer because last year yeah. State never had that. No, no so if you can come out and get a guy that you bring out of the bullpen and you feel pretty good late in the ballgame shutting things down, that's that's a great step up for Mississippi State from this past season. Also on Saturday, Mississippi State brings in Will Hoyle, uh, who looks like a grad transfer from Duke. Now, this is a guy, statistically, Robbie, not seeing a lot of sense in this, but it appears, and just from what I've read on, on your message board, that this is a walk-on guy who's going to come on and provide maybe some depth in the infield, maybe some late-inning uh, pinch-running ability. I would have to think. I don't have any any confirmation on that. Yeah, but a career two of six hitter. Yeah, not not. That's not, kind of that's that'll that's a little unnerving. I'm panicking again. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that this yeah. is the first. This is the first one that was kind of a surprise. A head scratcher. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you said, maybe it is a uh, a deal where you know he can be like a late inning replacement because we've seen. I mean, Lamonis loves that. He loves yeah. those those guys that are coming in that you can count on in those key spots to make gotta, a play. You got to replace Tanner Leggett. I mean, you need a middle infielder who could play either position that can come in in some late innings and give you something. Maybe was a decent base stealer at Duke. He stole uh, a career. Uh, I'm sorry, he stole 12 bases this past season. Not a not a terrible base stealer. Gets on base a reasonable amount. You know his his batting average this year was 201, but his OBP was 333. Yeah, he walked uh, 26 times in 164 at bats. So, just see where it goes. We'll see where it goes with with uh with with this kid. 
But there, then there also, in, you said on Saturday, and it, it, I guess it didn't happen for whatever reason. Well, I, you know, nothing against you, but you were expecting another commitment this weekend. And then there's the big one that we're all kind of waiting on. We'll start with him with Paul Skeens. Currently with Team USA, going to visit Arkansas before he makes his decision. But everything I read says State is sort of in the catbird seat. It's just a question of can they hold there. Yeah, kind of feels that way. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think he's going to end up at Tennessee or LSU just because of the, you know, I think that the, the opportunities are greater at Mississippi State and Arkansas for him, uh, which, I mean, he could go – he could probably go to LSU – right now and, and compete for the Friday night starter position. So, I mean, like, it's, I don't know if that's really a, um, an issue, but I, I feel like it's going to be Mississippi State and Arkansas. That's kind of where things are right now. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But this is a – to me, this is a must-get for Mississippi State. This puts your transfer portal class over the top. And, and, and my opinion is a top five transfer class in the country right now. Um, if they can get a Paul Skeens. I, mean, I think Mississippi State, they fill positions really well. Uh, you're starting to build a pitching staff with some of these guys. Like right now, it is on track to be one of the better transfer transfer portal classes. Yeah. But I think Paul Steens is the one that puts it over the top. Puts it as maybe the best one. Yeah, no, no question. Because the, but well, this guy's an All-American. I mean, he, he gives you your fr- Friday night starter, and he gives you another solid bat when he's not pitching. Yeah. And uh, if you did want to catch him some, you could. It, yeah. It's – he probably would be a DH if I had to guess. I don't know if they want him to, to catch like that that often, but uh, if you want him to play catcher, I mean, this is the, probably the most versatile guy in the country mm-hmm. right now. So, I mean, it's a to, to me, uh, day one Friday night starter and a possible, you know, middle of the order, back of the order bat for Mississippi State if they want him. So, I mean, this is a, this is a big, big recruiting battle that Mississippi State needs to win to help them. If they get him – you're starting to think this team's right back on track. Right. And then the bullpen is where we're looking for this possible other guy. Uh, and from this, again, from Mercer University, uh, Jackson Kelly, who I will remind you that if you didn't see my post on 24-7, do not Google his name without adding Mercer or baseball to that. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, and now everybody's going to Google his name. That's how this, that's how this country works, Brian. I tell you not to think about elephants. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I mean, the, the, this country, that's it's, it's it. the brainwashing technique that happens. It works. It works. So this is a, a different kind of reliever, though, Kelly, if I'm looking at this correct. not This isn't a guy who's coming out there just blaring 95, 96 out there. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy who changes arm slots, throws a lot of off-speed stuff, throw, you know, can move the ball around in, in, in good positions, which is something State lacks. They lacked that last year is having that sort of crafty reliever that they've had in years past. I've wa- I watched Ole Miss this year, Brian, and I don't want to go too deep in the weeds with Ole Miss. But down the stretch, they had nobody that was coming out there gassing it up at, you know, 98, 95, 98. Down the stretch, they were untouchable in the postseason. And the, the thing that just kept – coming to mind when I'm watching them pitch was they're just throwing strikes. Mm-hmm. They're no, they know how to miss bats. They're not getting behind in counts. They're making people swing and miss. They're, they're getting ahead in counts because they're throwing strikes and the person sitting there taking trying to run up a pitch count. State needs those guys. State's got to have a guy that can come in there and pound the strike zone, challenge hitters, and also 
you got to be able to know how to pitch. You got to be able to to make sure that slider cuts just right. He's got tremendous sync on his pitches. He throws high 80s to lower 90s, mm-hmm. but velocity is not velocity doesn't make a pitcher. Right. We, we I've I've seen too many guys come out there throwing 89 91 that can't be touched. So that's the thing that I noticed most about him is he's just so hard to hit. And he's doing it now. I mean, you can say, well, he's playing at Mercer. Well, this summer he's playing with the Cape Cod League, and he has he's given up, I think, like two runs the entire summer mm-hmm. in like 20 innings. So he's doing it. He was the pitcher of the week in the Cape Cod League last week. So he's doing it against some of the best in the country now, and we were able to see it. If you can pitch, you can pitch, man. Yeah. And I think this guy can pitch. He would immediately be the best pitcher Mississippi State has signed in this portal to this point. And I think he'd come in next year and really make a difference for him if they're able to land him, which right now all signs are pointing to that. So as it stands right now, do you personally expect State to get Kelly and Keynes to wrap up this class? Uh, not ready to right, not ready to call it on schemes, but I, I do think that Kelly is just a matter of time. Um, I, I really feel good about Mississippi State's chances with him. Skeens is just one of those things where you just you wait it out. Um, you know, he's with Team USA right now, and that's going to go for another couple of weeks. I don't think he'll be making a decision anytime soon, so you just wait it out and see what happens, man. We'll see. State's got a really good transfer class at this point. It can become a great one with those two additions. We shall see. Over on basketball, a big – I like this addition for, for, for Chris Jans and his squad. Tyler Stevenson. Uh, a local kid, New Hope, Mississippi, played his last four years at Southern Miss, averaged 12.2 per, per game for his career there. But that was with a fresh first year where he averaged three points per game. The rest of his career, 12.8, 14.1, 14.6. So a double-digit score, a guy who averaged you know close to eight rebounds a game last year for Southern Miss. This is a good, a good kind of player that Mississippi State get needed, a scorer, a slasher, a guy who can get to the rim. But can also play some defense, blocked you know one shot per game, uh, shot uh, not a great three point shooter. He'll definitely be a guy who makes his money inside the line. But I like this signing. I, State needed a score. That's what they were going for with Isaiah Mosley. This is a guy who you know not as not as dynamic as Mosley was, but he can get the ball into the basket. Yeah, I mean, I think they really wanted to get a stretch four there. He's he's not. Wipe the stretch four. He's like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, kind of, I mean, you're kind of dealing with another thing like last year with Garrison Brooks and Tolu playing at the same time. And that, that's kind of what you're going to get in there. But I think really, I think what he's, where he's really going to help you is defensively. He looks like he's going to be a guy that can protect the rim. Um, you know, he can, he can really defend up there. So I think that's, that's probably the biggest selling point. I'd like to see him make a three, make three point shooting part of his game. You know, just, just the point where he's at least somewhat of a threat, you know, get in the gym and see if he could. But at this point, you know, he might be what he is. But, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him expand a little bit. I don't think Garrison was really a, a three-point shooter until he got to Mississippi State, at, the, at least at the, at the at, you know, the rate he was. I don't think he really was – I mean, he wasn't known for shooting, and he was one of State's best, better shooters last year from three-point range. I agree. So I like so, that addition for, for Mississippi State. You know, I haven't watched it yet, but – let me ask you a question. I haven't watched it yet, but did Mississippi State tweet the Stranger Things thing because they knew they were going to have a good day in the portal? Oh. Now you've, now you've uh, blown my mind think, a little bit. Makes you think. 
I don't know. Aliens, man. Out there, brother. Out dude, there. Dude. So, <laughs> all right. Let's so what so what was the like what was this what would be the the significance like with Stranger Things? Well, I mean you have the portal into the ups, you know, the upside down, all the gates. Yeah. So I don't know. Could have been or could have just been coincidence. You know, Stranger well, I mean, Things was coming Stranger out. Was coming out on the on Friday. Maybe they were just trying to pick up some traction there, you know, with social media, but it's an odd coincidence. I, I thought it was funny. Have you watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet. Say nothing. Okay. That, well, I haven't watched it either. I was right. I was just going to see if you'd watched it. I'm going to watch it when we get done wrapping up, or I'm going to start watching when we wrap up this podcast. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on into the second half of that. We're going to do our – since we're off tomorrow, we're taking the fourth off, uh, we're going to go ahead and do this week's SEC preview on today's show. So that's brought to you by our friends over there at the Mississippi Beef Council. I was I, I did my first ever trip today to Sam's Club. Never been to a Sam's Club before. And, really? Uh, yeah, never been. So the whole they don't bag up the groceries thing sort of freaked me out. I won't lie to you, but isn't it weird? Like you have to like be, you have to like be in a club. Yes, my my wife is in the club, so we were able to go. Like, how weird is that? Like you like you can't just shop. You there. can't sit here like you know like it's like Mean Girls or something. Like you're not in the club. Like you can't yeah. come in here. And- Stop trying to make Costco happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> anyway, bought some beef. Bought a couple, of, uh, pack of beef short ribs and a, uh, a whole uh, whole skirt steak that I'm gonna make some fajitas out of uh, pretty soon. And Is that gonna I'm, be your Fourth of July plans? No, no, no. We'll talk about that uh, at the end of the show. Uh, not doing that for Fourth though. Um, but that said, if you're doing b- beef this uh, this weekend, feel free to tweet at me. I'll be happy to tweet it out. We'll tag the beef council in there and show off what you're cooking if you're cooking beef. This 4th of July. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats. I think we're going to have to make an appearance there this week, Robbie. It's been too long. I mean, I, two weeks without, I can't. I'm starting to I'm starting to have the shakes. My eyes are swelling up. I don't know what's going on over here. I, t- I took uh, Becky and Natty to Two Brothers yesterday. I saw that. I saw Natty putting down some barbecue. I like that. Yep. And, and the pork rinds. How'd she like those? Uh, she, she wasn't too fond of them. I think it was like the, like the texture of it, like in her mouth, like it was kind of, you know, it was like a weird, it was kind of like a chip, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it just wasn't something she had ever tasted before, but don't worry. We did not waste them. I ate them myself. Of course. Of course. Good man. Good man. Yeah. Uh, anyway, like I said, Robbie, see me and Robbie there this weekend. And we definitely would like to see you at two brothers. As often as can, we had somebody tweet us and sort of let us know that they were checking out Two Brothers. They said it was fantastic. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate it. We always appreciate when you guys check out our sponsors. And you should always check out Two Brothers because, man, even if you you don't care about, if you don't like me and Robbie, you should like yourself enough to go to Two Brothers Smoked Meats over there in the heart of the Cotton District. Make it easy on yourself. Make it easy on your business. Go with the proven leaders in customer service and in business technology, and that's Advantage Business Systems. You don't want to deal with, with an unknown. You don't want to have to talk to somebody who's not in the state of Mississippi. You don't want to have an out-of-state contractor put you on his schedule, and he'll just sort of get there when he gets there. You want Mississippi people handling your problems, taking care of them that same day in some cases, and no more than 24 to 48 hours in most cases. That's what Advantage Business Systems does for you. When something goes wrong, you don't want to have a whole lot of runaround. You just want to get it fixed. That's what Advantage Business Systems does. That number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. 
Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Florida Gators is this week's uh, SEC preview. First year under Billy Napier, the former Mississippi State head coach, uh, now down there in Gainesville. Um, I, I, is this a fair statement? I, I think they might struggle this year, but I feel like he'll get that program going in the right direction. I'm very – this is like a case study. Okay. Florida. Like, can they get can can they power through the? Because you know Napier is like a developmental coach, like Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Like his program reminds me a lot of Dan Mullen. I agree with that, but and I think you would agree, he's a better recruiter than Dan Mullen. But by how much? I, I, think, I do not think that he's going to be on that level that Florida fans want to be. So I think what where he can be. And where Mullen could have been as well if he gave a damn about recruiting. He could be a top 10 class recruiter. And if you're a top 10 and you develop, you're going to be good enough, I think. But Mullen had top 15 talent. It's not like he was, you know, he, he was between top 10 and top 15. You know that there's, well, there's a gap there. And on I top mean, of I that, I haven't even looked at. I haven't even looked at those classes back then. You really then, have to but, look. Like, his first class or his second class. I mean, he signed I think his, six or seven of his of his first, of his top guys. Never made it to Florida. Yeah, but all right. Twenty twenty had a had number seven class, mm-hmm. um, and then let's say twenty twenty one twelve. So he's probably averaging somewhere around you know ten to ten to twelve at Florida. So mm-hmm. that's pretty good talent. But you can tell. Uh, you I, can tell I don't think that I don't think Napier is going to be a great recruiter. I'm, I I, don't. I think you can tell though, Robbie, by the results because Mullen when he gets talent has always developed it, right? He took lesser guys and turned them into better guys at State. The fact that he wasn't able to do that at Florida with basically the same coaching staff tells you that they missed on a ton of evaluations. Well, and here's I think the thing they, right now, I mean, Florida, Napier, they have eight commitments and they're ranked like 44th. Right. I mean, so, I mean, there's nothing – there's not a ton of he, – He's got work to do. I, I, I don't feel think there's like a ton of buzz around them right now. You know, you're you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. I think, I think part of that is NIL stuff too, that – you know, well, that, that's that's my and that's my thing. Like, okay, is he going to be able to win with a developmental attitude in the NIL era? If if he has the current, if he has his current like point of view, what he's doing now, which mm-hmm. is nothing exciting in recruiting, mm-hmm. nothing exciting with the NIL. If he has this attitude, well, he he's recruiting. If he's recruiting a top fifteen team and just saying he's going to develop them, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to work. I, I just he, I don't think I don't think he can guy. do that anymore. No, oh, I agree. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that you can have a Dan Mullen type coach that brings somebody up as a redshirt freshman, uh, you know, a redshirt sophomore, and he's just now getting an opportunity. Like, I just don't. I, I think those you guys can't have not that hang coach, around probably. anymore. You can have that coach, but he better hit. He better hit on his evaluations. If he does, and he develops those guys, and you're winning football games, no issues, no problems. If the you reason don't have that guy, if, if he's missing on evaluations and guys aren't developing and you're taking grade risks and you're taking, you know, some character risk, which is what Mullen was doing there to get his recruiting ranking up just to get the heat off of him, I, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So we'll see what Napier is able to do. Yeah, I mean, another thing that we're not mentioning is like the guys that are not going to stick around to be developed. Nobody wants to be developed anymore. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely correct. Guys just want to move on to the next thing. Yeah. So we'll see how it works out for them. Let's look at year one. Robbie, I think they're starting off 0-2. 
I really do. First game of the year is Utah coming in. Utah yeah. is like the maybe the worst team a team like this could play. Utah is physical. They're going to smack you in the mouth. The only thing that working was working in Florida's favor is it's going to be hot and humid. But and is that is that Ben Hill Griffin? Yeah, it's at Florida, but Utah should be favored in this game. I will definitely take the Utes to win it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at their roster. They're returning a lot from last year. They're really good last year. I think they. I don't, I'm not sure how much they returned, but I just think that's a better program right now, year in year out. Winning, yeah, I mean, right he's way. got to change. I, as as strange as it is, like he's got to change a lot from what Mullen left him. Like you know, Mullen has always been so steady, but that was just kind of a disaster. And you know, they finished six and seven. So I mean, they're they're not they're not ready. They're not, not ready, ready yet. This, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm probably going to go with that. And we, and we both predicted Kentucky already. We did. So, 0-2, that is a brutal start for Florida. Yeah. Now, then they have South Florida. They can get that win to 1-2. and two. Then they have to go to Tennessee. Yeah. 1-3? and three? Yeah, I think we've actually predicted that, too. We haven't done Tennessee yet. We haven't done them, but we I would. We talked about Tennessee one time. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm in, in Knoxville, mm-hmm. Tennessee is going to be – more prepared at this point. Yeah. At least I got Eastern Washington. One and three, two and three, then the next week with Eastern Washington. I think they can beat Missouri at home. Yeah. So three and three, this is the swing game for their season. They play, they get LSU at home. This is sort of the swing game for LSU and for Florida. Whoever wins this game has a chance maybe to go to eight, nine wins. Whoever loses this game has no chance of that whatsoever. Did we pick this game? We haven't done LSU yet, so no. I'm so scared. I'm going to say, like, my, my opinion has changed from don't, the last. Don't, don't sweat that. I, it, we do it every year. We Every year. I know, we, but I, I don't want to be a hypocritical. Well, it's you know, not being hypocritical. You just don't remember. <laughs> I just don't remember. I think I'm going to – I think Florida might get an upset here. Okay. Just because, you know, like kind of like it's a rally. Florida, so that helps. Like, this is kind of like a rallying point. Like, you're starting okay. to have some, some good – Communication between the players and stuff. You, I mean, you got two straight wins and like behind you. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with Florida in this one. I think they like. I think, I think you're right. If they get back on track here okay. and then go right back down the other. Oh well, yeah, four and three. Then they have the bye week, and then it's the Georgia game, the the cocktail party. They'll lose that to go to four and four. And then it's, it's just how they finish the season. They go to Texas A&M. We did Texas A&M a couple weeks ago. I think we took. I think we, we took, took A&M. A&M to win this game, but should be an, an, an interesting game, if nothing else. I've um, got A&M with that being at home. And I, I said when we did A&M, I think at the end of the year, A&M is going to start getting hot. Yeah. I think they're, they're going to be, well, they gonna be really one. good. Because, you know, they had the middle of the year that's really yeah, bad. It's but, tough. It's really tough. Four and five. But then I think they can finish out three and oh and finish seven and five. South Carolina at home, they go to Vanderbilt, they go to Florida State. I have no faith in, Matt, in Mike Norvell and Florida State. I don't think that program's going in the right direction. If they don't do anything this year, like, they got to get rid of him, right? Yes, this is his last year if they're not an 8-9 win team. I mean, at, at, some point you say, at some point you say, okay, you've had time to rebuild here. It's time for Florida State. Fine. We're going a little off topic here, but it's time for Florida State to start acting like a power and go in and hire a real coach and pay him like $10 million, $11 million a year and say, turn this around. 
I mean, Norvell yeah. is competing against like Mississippi State for recruits. Yeah, and that that's no like Florida State. Florida State should be competing with Bama and Georgia. Florida State shortlist should both be coaches from Mississippi: Lane Kiffin and Deion Sanders. Deion, I think, in that setting would be pretty cool. If Deion has another big year, Florida State would be fools not to bring him in. He would. That, 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 that went from that went from being a joke to hey, you guys should very probably real. hire Deion Sanders. Yeah, and then Kiffin obviously is would be a fantastic choice. If you can, yeah. Um, they like their I, th- I think they go three and zero. I think they finish. I think they fi- South Carolina will be tough, but I'll, I'll take them. I'll take the Gators at home. Seven yep. and five. That's a that's a great first year for Billy Napier, especially when you consider they were one and three. Well, they went six and seven last year, so right. that would be a that would be a step up and you, step up. And you show the promise in the first year, but then you go from one and three to seven and five it means you finish six and two in your last eight, and one of those yep. losses was to Georgia, who will be in the playoff more than likely. And at that point, you say, "All right, well, you know, that was just working out the kinks early yeah. in the season. Next year, we he's, expect he's to win ready to roll out. Games. That they would, would be a preseason top fifteen team. Exactly, if they did that. Exactly, seven and five would be a great first year uh, for Billy Napier. All right, what you got on the grill for tomorrow for the fourth? Uh, I'm actually not cooking anything. Oh, that's a good thing. Man, we got yeah. the whole family. So my dad, I think, is doing um, some pulled pork. I think he's going to do do the pulled pork. Love Not it. sure what else we got, but it's going to be a feast. I love Can't it. I got, a, I got a pork loin in the grill. I'm going to throw on the grill. I got some chicken thighs and some uh, some, some pork smoked sausage. I'll make some Ooh. pasta salad. Going to get some corn on the cob. I'm excited. I wish I was coming to your house. Hey, man, feel free to drop by. We'll have, we always got plenty. So, all right. Save so the neck a, for me. <laughs> guys, have a great 4th of July. Please be safe if you're uh, doing fireworks. We'd like to, you know. Have you back to, uh, on Wednesday's show with all with all your digits attached to you? Don't uh, blow your arm off. Yeah, please. back it up, Terry. <laughs> uh, Wednesday show is the rumbling, so we will try to remember on Monday to send out a tweet uh, to get your your questions in for us, uh, and then we'll we'll hopefully Thursday have some more baseball recruiting news, maybe some football recruiting news uh, as well. Have a good fourth, guys. We'll be back with you very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.